This is the Teachable Soul Podcast. Because we cannot possibly live long enough to make all the mistakes ourselves, let's take a few moments to learn from the mistakes of others. The Teachable Soul Podcast, where guests and listeners like you share stories of failure and teachable moments on the journey to success. Here's your host, Kat Daniels. Welcome to the Teachable Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Kat Daniels. And today with me, I have our guest, Amy Goober. By the way, I love your last name. That's so fun. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And Amy started a cake bakery when she was 26. And now at 60 years old, she has been a certified health coach and business coach for seven years. She has helped over 600 clients and has also been a mentor to numerous other coaches. Welcome, Amy. Thank you for coming today. Thank you so much for having me. It's exciting and fun. Absolutely. Yeah. So do you want to start by telling us what kind of, of teachable moments you had on the, the path to cake degree to certified health coach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I am a believer that opportunity is everywhere and it's whether or not people either recognize it and or, you know, take it and, and use it. And so, it's interesting for me at 60 to look back at the path that I have taken, and it wasn't always with intention. A lot of things sort of fell into my lap. So I guess one teachable moment would be for people, if something excites you or seems interesting to you and often seems scary to you, then go for it. You know, as long as there's not some huge investment that could affect your life adversely, um, I think that people and women in particular are often very timid to try new things and believe in themselves. So that would be one teachable thing, I'd oh, say. Oh man, I could not agree more. Yeah, I uh, I quit my job to do this podcast and I'm doing it, you know, just on a whim type thing. But it was, you know, I was, I was in a place where I was so sad um, and depressed and I was like, I've got to do something different. And so I just radically shifted everything. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to go do this now. And I'm going to do it on my own because it's scary, but it's cool. <laughs> well, I'm proud of you because you. that is not an easy thing to do. Oh, I know. But I also believe that, you know, if you don't, that the things we regret the most in life are the things we don't do. Oh, Yeah. One. You know, not the things that we actually do. And yeah. so your chances of regretting something you do are much smaller than regretting something that you didn't try. For sure. And even if you do regret something that you do, you're probably going to forget about it eventually. So. <laughs> <laughs> With, yeah. Were there things, um, you know, back when you started your cake bakery that you didn't get to do that you regret not doing now? No, I mean, not at all. That was a big thing. You know, at 26, I was working um, in advertising for four years, which mm -hmm. wasn't anything I was that interested in. It just was like a job that I could get. Right. And um, I had been very, uh, I had always loved cake decorating, even as a little girl, you know, as a seven-year-old. Mm -hmm. And anyway, um, I started taking classes and then I started teaching cake decorating classes. And then I was making cakes the advertising agency client. Like I was, I made like a friendlies restaurant 3d, nice. you know, sculpted, you know, for friendlies. Wow. So, I mean, crazy stuff. And so, um, people were saying to me like, why don't you just open a bakery? And I was like, yeah, why don't I? Right. <laughs> um, so that was big for me and it was very scary. I remember, um, 
saying um, to my then boyfriend, who is my now husband of 32 years, um, saying like, you know, I feel like I'm on a roller coaster and I can't get off. Right. It was scary. Very scary. Yeah. But like in a, in a good, exciting way or like scary, like scary things happened? No, I mean, it was scary to do it. And I had no experience. My mother at the time was saying to me, like, why don't you work for a bakery for a while so you can kind of get the idea of how to do it? And right. I was like, nope, I'm not doing that. Exactly. <laughs> so oh, I, love I, mean, it. I mean, scary in that it was scary to try to figure it all out, yeah. you know, with no real experience except decorating cakes. You know, right. running a bakery is a lot different than that. Um, and renting space and buying equipment. I mean, there was a lot to it. Um, and I, you know, but I, I think that I was driven, you know, I think I had that, like some people call it hyper-focus, but I think at the time I was like, I'm doing this, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but those big sorts of challenges don't come without fear. No. Yeah. No, we're all, I was, I was just watching something yesterday that, that basically was saying that our brains are what keep us from doing so many things because it's built and designed to caution us against things that cause fear. And, and it's, so it seeks out things that are, that are, that will cause us fear, even when they're not there on so many occasions. Um, and so, yeah, that's, it, it's basically designed to, um, self-sabotage in ways. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And we don't like the feeling of being uncomfortable, right? So, you know, again, that's why I think a lot of people don't challenge themselves to do things because it's uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And that takes so much bravery, um, in ways to, to, to push aside your, your comfort zone and be like, yeah, I know logically, okay, this, this may not make sense, but I'm going to do it anyway because this is what I want. And that is a huge thing to do. <laughs> no, it's true. Um, we talk about this um, in like our training of our health coaches, not to flip back to that, but, um, mm-hmm. and we say, be afraid, but do it anyway. Exactly. And, and it's what you just said. It's, it's okay to feel uncomfortable or be afraid, but don't let that prevent you from trying something or doing something or making a phone call or whatever it might be. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Even in doing this podcast, I, I printed off. So I had printed off business cards so that I could leave them places if I so desired, like, like on the Starbucks little uh, board that they have, you know, so I could use it um, as advertising space in ways that's not, I don't have to pay for. Um, I have found after I have had them printed off that I can't bring myself to walk into the Starbucks to put it up. <laughs> and it's simply because I'm afraid. I'm like, well, what happens if they, they do listen to it and like, they think it's awful. And so I, um, and I, I still have to work on, you know, doing the things that I'm afraid of, even though I'm afraid of them, because the fact of the matter is if you do things, things get done and things happen that can lead to great things, period. And, you know, Right. And I, I, I understand what you're saying. And I, I think also that it's becoming like real to you, you know, we're here recording and you don't see an audience, right? (laughs) But you feel like if you put your card up, you're going to have an audience, you know what I mean? So I guess I also think that 
um, you know, you have like a primary goal, uh, whatever it might be, and then you have secondary steps that lead to that. So maybe you need to just say to yourself as you're walking in, my goal is to have this podcast succeed. And in order to do that, I need listeners. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? If you take it away from, you know, just, just realize that you're, 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 these are the small steps you need to get to the success you want. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I think that that's true of everything. Oh yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. So when you were, when you were going, opening up, I mean, not to go back to that, but if, when you were opening up your cake bakery and your mom, for instance, was <laughs> telling you, maybe you should just go work in one first. Cause I, my, I've been told that, of course. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, but you know, these days to even get a job in a place without any experience, like you have to know people and, and it's, it's even harder now, I think than sure. it really was back then. But, um, you know, what, what did you tell them? Yeah, so there were really two things that my mother said, and um, I'm lucky to say that she's still alive. She's 88 now, <laughs> but um, and I remind her of this all the time. The one thing was what I just said. You know, have mm-hmm. you thought of working in a bakery? And the second thing she said was, which is almost funnier, was, you know, she had a friend whose daughter was at Harvard Business School, right? And she said, you know, do you want me to connect you so she can maybe help you make a business plan? <laughs> and mm-hmm. I said, I-, I don't need a business plan, <laughs> so, right? I mean, seat of your pants was like the way that I did it. And so, um, yeah, I think that I was bold and I, I guess I was brave. And I think that I, I thought I was good at it. And I, I, there really, it really was ahead of its time. You know, it was kind of like cake boss was the sort of bakery that I had. There there was not a cookie, not a croissant, nothing. It was just decorated cakes. Right. And when I say cake bus, I mean like we made, we did cakes for a thousand people, huge things, big wow. projects. I hired people, rented cars. I mean, delivering things for bank openings, you know, 10 simultaneously. I mean, really like wild things. Yeah, that's fantastic. <laughs> oh my God. It's just, you know, it, looking back on it, I almost can't believe it. But oh, um, so there were a lot of naysayers, right? right. Um, but I did it. I just kept going. And I left a job that I had like grown to a high level at in four years. <laughs> that yeah. was also, uh, people were not uh, supportive of that either. Oh, I bet not. So what made you ultimately like leave the job? And I mean, so I've spoken with a lot of people who have like, you know, grown, climbed the ladder, they've grown the ranks and then they get almost to where they want to be all it, it seems. Right. And then they're like, but this isn't where I want to be anymore. I want to go do something else and then go off and do their own thing. And it's fantastic just as you have. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's, you, you, you are right on target. I, I, I had to start as a secretary, even though I had a very good, I'll just say a very good college education Right. and um, all women, it was 19, um, 81 and all women started as secretaries men came in above them of course yeah uh, you know yeah. and so it was like i hate to keep referring to tv shows but like that's what people visualize it was like mad men i was like a secretary you know yeah. Uh, yeah. I, it was not that time of of it, it wasn't the 50s but it was that idea and mm-hmm. so i worked my way up to the level that i really wanted to be which was account executive and that's when i left mm-hmm. <laughs> so i don't know but um i felt it was a very male dominated uh, 
business and industry and agency. I worked for a big agency, uh, ad, ad, ad agency. It was very male dominated, you know, right. very. Mm-hmm. And so even though I got kind of to where I wanted to be, I, I, you know, I didn't have like the passion for it. No. Yeah. Huh. Um, so yeah. So I, I don't know how to even advise other people except to say, go ahead and do it. And you know what? Also, you can seek advisors. You know what I mean? Like I remember going to SCORE. I don't know if you're familiar with SCORE, but you know, it's, it's a, it's a, it's free business advice. And I remember going and talking to them and um, you know, so I did, I did seek out advice, but I was pretty headstrong about like, I'm just going to do it. (laughs) And, um, and it was hard and it was really hard. And so I, I started hiring people, you know, as the business grew and I really believe you should be working at the highest level of your ability. So, you know, eventually I didn't bake anymore. And then eventually I didn't decorate cakes anymore. I was just doing the marketing and like the wedding appointments and all that. Right. Because Mm -hmm. that's, was the highest level of my ability. And then in the midst of all that time, I got married and I was pregnant with my first child. And so I decided that what I really wanted to do was be a stay-at-home mom. Mm-hmm. And I sold my bakery to two of my employees. Oh, okay. And it's still there. So it, they've, it's been there over 30 years, which is wow. crazy when I think about it. I had it for seven and they've had it for like 25. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing though. So I switched gears there and I um, we had bought a house and um, I knew no one cause I'd been working, you know, like seven days a week. Right. So, right. <laughs> you know, and, uh, I had this baby and I didn't know anything about taking care of babies. I never even babysat. So again, mm-hmm. I was like, I couldn't believe they let me take that baby home. <laughs> hospital. Um, so I like made staying at home as being a stay at home mom, a career basically, you know, so how long did you do that for I did that for 16 years. I ended up having three children over time and I joined every club and every organization I could find. And then, you know, when my oldest one went to kindergarten, I I was very discouraged about the playground at the elementary school. It was old and it looked really dangerous. So I started this whole initiative (laughs) to raise money for all the playgrounds in our town. And that took like a year and a half. I mean, that was like, no one paid me, right? But um, of course. So, uh, you know, I, I really made that into, you know, I made a lot of friends. I, my kids did all the activities, like what goes on today, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I wanted to lose weight because I, it's a whole nother chapter, but I had struggled with my weight my whole life. I was actually overweight as a teenager. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. A long time ago. And so weight had always been an issue for me. And I'd always been trying to lose weight and dieting and exercising and all of that. Mm-hmm. and um, then in 2013, which is seven years ago, I followed this program that somebody like, you know, it fell in my lap, literally, you know, right. and I was so skeptical because if anybody out there has ever tried to lose weight, you know, it's a huge struggle. And, um, you know, I had tried everything, but anyway, there I was, and I was 53. So I was in the middle of menopause, which is just an impossible time to lose weight. It's really hard to maintain your weight then. Yeah. Really. So I do this program and I lose 10 pounds the first month and I am convinced it's like a miracle. You know, I, <laughs> I cannot <laughs> believe that that was my results. I was thrilled. So I became a coach for the program one month in. Nice. 
And that was exactly seven, almost to the day. It was exactly seven years ago. It was in February of 2013. Mm -hmm. And um, I went on to lose 20 pounds total. You know, I'm 5'1". So that was a big amount on my frame. And um, I started coaching. Two of my three kids were still living at home. One was off in college. And I built this business. And now, I mean, I've been doing this full time for five years. I mean, I've been doing it for seven years. But after about two years, I was able to create a full-time income. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. when I was, um, I didn't really, it's, I mean, I kind of did, but when I was in middle school, I kind of struggled, um, with my, I mean, every, I think every human being probably struggles with their self image in middle school. Right. <laughs> right. And so I, I, I don't know if you would even have called me overweight at that point. I was 12. Um, and I started noticing little things like I was um, in adult clothing versus like the, or in the junior section, technically, um, versus like the little kids section. And then um, I noticed that my stomach was like round-ish and not like flat or straight or, or anything like that. Um, and just, and then finally the the straw that kind of broke the camel's back was when in PE, they tried to give us like our, our BMI percentage or whatever it was. And it was like a super high percentage for me um, was what or what I thought was a super high percentage at the time. Um, but that was when they were also still teaching like the the food pyramid and and it was kind of working against me at that point. <laughs> right. But um, I, uh, I actually, I stopped eating <laughs> during that time. Oh. Uh, I was really only eating like a meal, maybe half a meal a day. Um, yeah. which worked, um, but it worked mostly because I got real, real sick. <laughs> oh no. Yeah. And so I, I, I wound up severely dehydrated is what happened because I also didn't know anything about actual nutrition, um, and wasn't drinking water on top of not eating. So I wound up severely, dangerously dehydrated, um, and sick on my mom's couch for three days because she's a nurse and we don't go to the hospital unless we're dying even though I felt like it. (laughs) Um, I mean, after that three days though, I I completely understood what I had done and and what caused everything. And I was like, well, that was dumb. So we just won't do that again. (laughs) So, but I never really struggled with my weight again until, but that was later in life. I had started a new birth control that was probably really, really terrible for me personally. Um, and yeah, so I gained a lot of weight then, but I've lost and gained back and everything like that between now and then. Well, I mean, I think that, you know, the story you tell is probably not as unusual as we might think. Right. And Mm -hmm. I think that it's, it's really great that you were able to figure it all out. And you know what I mean? At that time, right stopped eating. Um, so that's pretty impressive, actually. You know, that to me shows a good, good, uh, good self-esteem. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think it's just a huge struggle and it, it's a struggle every day. Do you know what I mean? Like I work with clients to get to a healthy weight and teach them how to keep it off. Right. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's not something that you can say, well, I'm just not going to eat food you know, it's something that you're, you have to eat every day and it's coming to terms with it. And I feel like I, I mean, I call the world we live in world of food. It's world right. of food. It is. You know, everything's about food and there's so much food out there and there's so much unhealthy food out there. And it's 
so tied into our social lives. I mean, it's our celebrations. It's where we go for comfort. It's, mm-hmm. you know, um, but I, one thing I would like to say about it, if it's okay, is um, I, so what, the reason why I ended up gaining a lot of weight was when I was 15, my father died. Ah. And um, it was after that, that I started gaining weight, which looking back on it was really probably the food for comfort, right? Yeah, of course. Sort of squashing down the feelings of that. And um, I was speaking to somebody recently um, as I, you know, make connections with a lot of different women for a lot of different reasons. Of course. And she said something really great, uh, which I had never thought of, which is she said, well, thank goodness for the food. You know, she said, think of the other things you could have turned to. Oh, absolutely. Right. So I never looked at it that way. And I loved that because, you know, so I don't want people to feel like ashamed of themselves or they're doing something terrible. Uh, Most people are using food to, to comfort themselves. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So better that than a lot of other things. Oh yeah, for sure. But I just want people to know that they can control their outcomes. And I want women especially to know that they don't have to give up. Like a lot of the women that I work with that are in their 40s and 50s, they're just so frustrated with what's going on with their bodies, you know? Oh, man, yeah. (laughs) And um, I think that they, a lot of them just are kind of like, well, whatever, you know what? Uh, You know, this is it. And that's not it. And so I, I hope so much to empower people, especially women, that everything we do is a choice, everything. And we can create what we want. Yeah, absolutely. Even if it's hard. I'm not saying it isn't hard. It's hard every day. You know, I'm going to a lunch today to meet somebody and we were debating about the restaurant and she, she lives far away. She's actually somebody from this advertising. So I haven't seen her in, you know, I don't know. 30 years or something. But anyway, even I at this stage was, was looking at the menu of the restaurant and I'm not like crazed about healthy eating at all, but I wanted to look at it to kind of see like, am I going to be able to get something that like feels like a healthy lunch? Yeah. So it, it everybody has to do that. Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier even is, I mean, even even changing your eating habits can take, you know, courage and bravery because I mean, when you decide to make a huge change like that, and for some people it's a huge change for some, it's not such a huge change, but when you decide to make big changes like that, period, like you have to, you have to overcome your own mindset or your own training essentially, and all the things that you've known and done before and decide that you're just going to do something else. Like either way, you know, you're basically just deciding that you're going to do something completely radical and different and do it. (laughs) Right. I agree with you. And it's funny because like, even when I did the program that I coach for, you know, I remember going to the first party when I was on this program and I thought, oh my God, what are people going to say if I'm not eating what they're eating or drinking what they're drinking? And you know what I learned? I learned that nobody cares. People are focused on what they're eating and drinking. Yeah. And we're so worried. What are they going to say? They don't care. You know, not that they don't care about us. I don't mean it that way, but they're not concerned. They're focused on what they are putting in their own mouths and they're, you know, Mm -hmm. so I think we overemphasize that to ourselves sometimes. Oh yeah. Oh, a (laughs) hundred percent. You know, (laughs) how many times? (laughs) So, um, what is this, this program that you coach for? Yeah. So the program is called Optavia. 
And what I love about it and loved about it all this time is that it was created by a doctor. It's got a whole medical foundation. They actually use it at Johns Hopkins in their weight loss program. The clinical trials were done at top universities. So it's got like the medical science box checked off and that's important, right? And everybody has a free health coach. So we, we, we aren't, that's not how we earn our money from coaching and we coach by phone. So I have clients all over the country, you know, but the reason why we coach by phone is we want to help people where they are like a busy young mother who has 15 minutes at nap time. She's not going to come into my office someplace and then she'll have to cancel and then she'll lose the support. So we coach by phone, which I love. So everybody has a free coach. And I think that's, it doesn't devalue it. It just means if people had to pay every time they talk to me, they'd stop calling, right? Absolutely. So we want them to access the resources and it's, it involves a big education component. So it's Uh not a diet, right? Like follow this thing and then lose the weight and we'll see you later. You know, there's a whole process to losing the weight, transitioning, and then maintaining. Yeah. And so those are the aspects that I, I find to be really helpful. And we also do provide some of the daily food that our clients eat and they create their own food every day. Yeah. So again, I've, having done a thousand things myself, I feel right. like, right? I feel like if all the food is provided, we're not learning anything. Mm-hmm. And if nothing's provided, for most people, they can't, they, they just can't do it all. You know, they don't right. have the time and the motivation. So I, I like that aspect of it too. Yeah, that all sounds fantastic. I think coaches are extremely important and to have a free coach, basically, I, that's a huge, huge aspect because I mean, so many people, you know, could probably diet or could probably exercise and things like that, but they may not have the support that they need to do it either. So. Exactly. And when I talk to somebody who's interested in hearing about it, what I, how I describe my role (laughs) is I say that I'm like part cheerleader and part accountability partner. You know, I'll cheer you on louder than anybody, but I'm going to make sure you're doing it correctly. Right. Because yeah. the point. And then we create like these walking billboards is what we call it, right? So yeah. I lost weight on the program. My husband followed the program. And then we just sort of walked around in our lives and people could see it, right? It's very visible and wanted to know what we were doing. So I was able to create a whole business out of it. And I have other coaches that have done the same that I mentor. So I love that part of it too. I mean, you know, for some, let's say a young mother that doesn't want to put their kid in daycare, but only has two hours a day at nap time, they can build a business, right? Or, you know, someone who's now an empty nester and feels like they lack, they're lacking purpose, they can become a health coach. So my point is like, there is an op- business opportunity for people to help other people with a flexible schedule and work around their own time frame, And I yeah. love that too. Yeah. Yeah. That's, those are all super, super important things for anybody I have found. So I've, I've started going back to the gym and things like that, but I have found that, you know, losing weight in the beginning, I think is almost like, um, like a part-time job or a side hustle. (laughs) Like it has to be something that you definitely carve out time and, and push other things aside in order to actually achieve the results that you desire. Right. And I think, you know, I find that our program is very easy because we do provide some of the food. So they're really only focusing on kind of uh, creating or going out to eat that one healthy meal. Mm -hmm. But 
and people feel very good on it. It's about the balance of the macronutrients and the blood sugar. So there's all that good stuff. But I do agree with you that even if it's not the time that goes into it, it's the mindset, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, and so people have to, I tell them the headline, what, what do you want? You know, we do a whole conversation of where are you at and what do you want and why do you want it? You know, what's your motivation? And I just tell them, make that the headline, whatever those things are. And then everything else supports it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but you do have to have a, a, you do, it's, you're, you're, you're combating the world of food. <laughs> so, right? You know, you do have to really get your head on straight if this is something you want to do. But yeah. I don't find yeah. it different than anything else. I mean, I do, I, I speak and I, I do uh, leadership trainings also for companies. And mm-hmm. I say to them, it's the same thing as if you decide you want to do better in your job. Don't you have to put other things aside for that? Yep, exactly. Because there is only 24 hours in a day. (laughs) You can only do so much. Right. But I mean, you might have to stay late. You might have to bring work home. You might have to, I don't know what the other things are, but so it's like anything in life. I mean, if you want to raise children and raise them well, that's a commitment, you know? (laughs) So if there's anything you want to do and want to do well, it's going to take mindset, skill sets, you know, and focus, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. So another thing that, so we talked about BMI a few seconds ago. So my son is 13 right now. Mm-hmm. He is 5'8 already. He is the wow. av- actual, yeah, he is the average actual size and weight of a 16 year old. Yeah. Uh, so when we go to the doctor, they have actually tried to convince me that he is um, overweight and like obese. But when you Google and and technically, okay, whenever you search his height and weight somehow in the BMI chart for his age, that is correct. But when you search that exact same height and weight for a 16-year-old, it is not overweight. Yeah. I mean, so so are you asking my opinion? <laughs> yes, yes. Like what what is with the BMI? Like what is it is it different for everybody? Like what what is the, the purpose of the BMI, I guess? <laughs> Yeah. So um, that's a great question. And um, I do a talk on healthy habits and I do have a slide with the BMI chart on it. So, Mm -hmm. and what I say about the BMI chart is, you know, we use it only as a guide. Do you know what I mean? Because it doesn't account for gender. Mm -hmm. It doesn't account for age. Okay. It doesn't account for body type. So it or frame, mm-hmm. but what it does is it gives, and I wouldn't even use it for a six, 14 or 16. I mean, to me, it's an adult scale, uh, not scale to stand on. It's, it's an adult measurement. You know what I mean? I, yeah. No. Um, but I'm not a pediatrician, so I don't know. They may use it too. But what we feel is we're looking for people to get in the healthy range. The BMI chart has green, yellow, and red colors based on your height and weight. We yeah. want our clients to be in the green because the green is the healthy range. Mm-hmm. You know, not not bikini bodies, but like yeah. a healthy range. Yeah. And so I have some clients, I mean, I have a client who just lost 80 pounds. Um, she owns a cycling studio, so she's work, she does work out. And she's like, I'll never be in the green. And I said, you don't need to be in the green. You know, she's got a lot of muscle mass. Yeah. So as far as your son goes, and again, I'm not a pediatrician, so I have to say that, but um, 
you know, I would just take a look at him. How does he look to you? Exactly. No, he is exactly proportionate. He does not look overweight whatsoever. Like his body is very, very straight. <laughs> there's, yeah. there's hardly any curves. <laughs> no, don't, don't, and don't get it in his head either. You oh, really don't want to do that, no, as you know, as you know. So yeah. that's what I think about the BMI chart. Use it, look at it. Um, we get excited when our clients get out of the red because the yellow and the red categories are overweight is yellow and obese is red. And mm-hmm. then there's a lot of health risks linked to that. So, right. you know, we get excited when our clients go from red into yellow or, or yellow to the bottom of yellow, closer to green, you know, right. because we want them to feel that it's not all about look, how you look. A lot of it is about your overall health. Yeah. Absolutely. And another thing that I really, so something else that I've heard is that sometimes when people are trying to lose weight, they, they just look at like the, the number of pounds that they're losing. But I've also heard that inches actually matter more for some people than the pounds that they're using. So do you, is that something also that you guys do or do you do both? Yes. No. I I mean, it's almost as if you like overheard the conversation I had yesterday with (laughs) one of my clients. Um, so basically on our program, um, women lose about 10 pounds a month. That's just like all the time, across the board, you know, it's not unusual, that's common. Men sometimes lose a little faster, right? right. But, but I, I, what I have my clients do uh, as they're starting or when they first start, I like them to weigh themselves the first morning. They're going to start just to have a baseline. Right. And then I tell them not to weigh themselves any more frequently than once a week. Right. Because your body weight can go up and down day to day. You could weigh more Tuesday than uh, Monday. You know, so, but I also have them measure. So you'll love this because this is what you're asking. Um, I have them get, you know, a tape measure, soft sided tape measure. And I tell them to measure themselves in like five or six or seven areas and jot it down on a piece of paper with the date and then put it in a drawer and be done with it. And then I suggest that they find a pair of pants, not stretchy pants, you know, like zip and button pants that you know, they can barely pull up or they can pull up, but they can't close and try those pants on once a week, like on Monday morning. Okay. Right. So now they have three, you know, in addition to other things, but they have at least three measures of success because yeah. I want them to feel great about what they're doing. Right. right? So, I, I mean, I just had a client today. Um, she just texted me. She weighed in week one. She lost five pounds. Fantastic. Right. But yeah. I might have another client who like week 12, is, is maybe losing a pound or, you know, feels like they didn't lose anything. Well, they're losing inches. Yeah. And so what I say is you're not walking around with how much you weigh on your chest with a, a, a sign. Who cares what the number is? Yeah. What you are walking around with is the body and the shape and the size you are. And that's way more important, I, I think. Right. No, I, I completely agree with you. Yeah. So, so I agree with you too. <laughs> Good. We're in agreement. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think, I think, I think everybody needs more than one measure of success, uh, mm-hmm. partic- in many things, but particularly for weight loss. And, you know, I will say to my clients, like, well, how do your clothes feel? How do you feel? Like on our program, people go into a very mild, um, fat burning. So nothing like ketosis, but it's just, it's a very mild version and, yeah. but they feel great. They have great energy. They're not hungry. So I, I try to focus on that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, what about that? Right. Doesn't that count? <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely does. Especially, you know, for, for some people that might happen more than, you know, for others and everybody's different. So 
everybody is different. What is your, how do you find, I, I mean, not even necessarily what works for you, but how do you even find like your baseline? Like I know everybody has different body types and things like that. Does, does body type play a huge role in everything? But then there's of course also like who develops muscle mass faster or, or slower than others. And how do you determine all those things? Yeah, I mean, our program is a pretty much across the board program. We have accommodations for people, different patient populations. Like, so we have a program for people with diabetes. We have a nursing mother's guide. We have a senior guide. We have, a, you know, different programs. But for the majority of people, they kind of follow the same program because it's based on what the human body needs to operate. It's based on the balance of macronutrients. So you and I and, you know, my... Uh, client that just started that weighs a man that weighs 300 pounds you know what I mean like the body needs the same amount of macronutrients right so that's the what we start with and then you know we change it up if if people need something different but it is very individual like you just said body type and muscle mass so you know we start people if if as long as all the health indications are correct we just start them off with you know, what I did, what my husband did, what my clients do, if they don't need an accommodation for based on medications they're taking or something like that. But again, I always tell people, you know, what do you want and why do you want it? You know, when you get to a certain point when you don't need that number on the scale anymore, where you don't right. need to be in the size, whatever it might be, jeans or the bikini or, you know, whatever those things are. Yeah. And, it, and as you get older, it becomes more about health, right? Because you know, health becomes yeah. more important as you get older because you realize you got, you know. Mm -hmm. But I will, if it's okay with you, I would like to say something about exercise. Is that okay? Oh, yes, please. No. Okay. Yeah. Because oh, I think this is really important and I've learned this and I really believe in this. So weight loss itself, just trying to lose weight. Let's just, if that's a goal for people, sure. really, it's probably 85% what you put in your mouth. Okay. And the rest is, is your genetics and then if you're going to exercise. And so a lot of people believe that if they go to the gym for an hour, three or four times a week, you know, why aren't they losing weight, right? And yeah. I mean, I've had people call me and say, I have a trainer, I do all these things, and why am I not losing weight? And so we have a great phrase called, you can't outrun your fork. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So if you're exercising, and I'm all for it, like, Absolutely. It's, it's healthy. It's good for toning. It's good for um, strength. It's good for um, endorphins and mental outlook and all those things. But don't think that just by exercising, you're going to achieve weight loss. Because if you exercise a day, an hour, an hour and a half a day, what are you doing the other <laughs> 22 or 23 hours? And what you might burn off by exercising, you can easily make up with a slice of pizza. You know what I mean? So I just think people get it in their heads that they worked out so they should be able to like go to town on food and drink. And you can't. Right. No, yeah. I enjoy food. And so for me, I am aware that basically, so the easiest way for me to count whatever I'm putting in my body is to count calories um, because that's something that I know that I can put on and take off with exercise. And I enjoy food way too much. So <laughs> I have continued eating most of what I want to eat. I might cut back on the portion sizes, but I know that I have to exercise like a certain amount in order to burn it off. And that's what I do generally whenever I am losing weight. <laughs> Well, and that's a formula, calories in, calories out. I mean, that's one yeah. way to do it. And if it's working for you, hooray, right. you know, that's yeah. great. Um, it just doesn't work for everybody. No, of course not. Exactly. And 
as your body changes and people get older, uh, my husband's a perfect example of this. He used to be able to exercise it off, whatever it was. And then when we did this program, he was 53 and he, he, he couldn't do it. You know, his body had changed, metabolism had changed. So he knew that that, and he still exercises, but that just wasn't going to get 20 pounds off. Right. You know, absolutely. Uh, but so I guess my message is just that exercise is great, but don't expect that to achieve. That alone cannot achieve weight loss. And if you are exercising, you still have to pay attention to what you're putting in your mouth. Yeah, you're exactly right. You can't outrun your fork. You can't outrun your fork. <laughs> Well, all right. Well, thank you so much. Do you have any websites or social media that anybody can find you on if they want to reach out specifically to you for any kind of coaching? Yeah, sure. Um, so on Facebook, it's my name, Amy Goober, A-M-Y-G-O-O-B-E-R. I also have a relatively new Facebook page that is my name and then Shape Your Life. And it's a great page for inspiration and uh, motivation and recipes and that kind of thing. So I'd love people to jump on that. Um, and it's, uh, that's also Instagram, Amy Goober, shape your life. Um, and I can give my email address if you're comfortable with that. Yeah, absolutely. Go ahead. Yeah. So people can reach out to me if they want to just chat about anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> my email is R-A-G-O-O-B at comcast.net. And my phone number is 781-910-4962. And, um, you know, for me, I guess I love to talk to people to see where they're at and what they want. And then I let them decide if they think that what I do is a good fit for them. Yeah. So, you know, we, we, I don't believe in nudging or pushing people to do anything. You know, I want to work with the people that want to work with me. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm looking for people that are looking for me. And I guess I would also close with this is that um, if people are even curious about the idea of health coaching or an opportunity like that, I'm happy to, to explore that as well. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for coming on and chatting with me. This is a fantastic um, interview and I loved having you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you all for continuing to listen and for your patience with me in this whole learning process. I really appreciate that anybody at all listens. I genuinely do. And I thank you guys so much. You guys can always find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter now, um, and LinkedIn at The Teachable Soul or The Teachable Soul on Twitter. And if you would like to help support the show, you can find me at patreon.com slash the teachable soul. I'll be trying to create some extra content there for you guys if you subscribe and kind of interact with you. One of the things that I like least about podcasts is that I can't interact or ask questions to any of my listeners, but through Patreon, hopefully I'll be able to do that. So thank you again for listening.